This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. The Koi gig pod on OTV Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. They're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there and good morning. This is episode 29 of the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. I'm Kathy McNamee and alongside me is Karen Duggan. We've had a busy few days since we last talked, Karen. You've had a very busy few days, but <laughs> I've had an enjoyable time watching loads of football. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I feel like there's just so few of the games I've actually just been able to sit down and watch and enjoy. Um, so I really expect the best opinions from you about all these things. <laughs> mental capacity. Yeah, sure. Remember, it's still very early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well... I, I trust you. I believe in you. Um, I suppose to start off, we might as well look at what has actually happened. Has there been any games that really stood out to you since we last talked on Friday? Um, yeah, um, Germany stood out to me. I thought that that was going to be a much tighter game. Um, I, thought, I think Denmark are a pretty good team, but the Germans were absolutely awesome. Um and it was for me, it was a massive statement of intent because we have been mentioning them, them lower than your England's and your Spain's. And they came out and they were just so good, scintillating to watch. And yeah, a big statement in what is such a hard group, um, group of death, definitely. So um, they really stood out to me. Spain bouncing back from that early goal as well. A lot of questions over their goal scoring ability, given that they have lost Pritella. So they again put four past them. So I think the amount of high scoring has been a surprise to me because I thought that the teams were um, closer than what they are. But the powerhouses seem to still be the powerhouses. Yeah, I was going to say this as well, because I feel like if you look at the matches, they were either massive wins or they were draws and surprising draws at that, like Portugal, Switzerland. I don't think anyone expected that result to, to draw. I remember it was two, two after the first, what was it like five minutes or something uh, or two nil, sorry. Two nil so, after the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like, Oh, should, there's no point watching this. I like, I, cause I was on my way to Netherlands, Sweden. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll just check in on it after like an hour and to see how it's going and then I was like wait what happened and I thought it was a great one for Portugal to get we talked yeah, about it. Portugal were like a different team in the second half like the first they were well worth that two wall draw I mean they were the ones that came out in the second half and absolutely applied the pressure whereas Switzerland didn't really have too many answers for them and they were definitely worth their goal and two cracking finishes as well you'd have to say in in that game if anyone didn't see it, it's well worth putting the highlights on Mm. And I suppose if you look at Netherlands, Sweden, then that was probably one of the games where it was two big heavyweights. It was a tight match. It ended one all and didn't really tell us all that much about either side going forward. It didn't. But when you look at the quality that was in that game compared to other games, you can still see why the two of them are seen as the top two. I thought Sweden in particularly in the first half, the way they pressed was so good. It was completely different to what we would have seen from the Ireland games, I mean, because I was a bit a bit lukewarm on them before going into this tournament, just haven't seen them against Ireland, but they do have other gears in them. 
But what they did lack was kind of that rootless edge. They should have really had Netherlands to the sword in the first half. And with a team like Netherlands, when you have the quality they have, I mean, Needham, every time she got the ball, she kept the ball. She tried to create something. Um, Jill Roard was absolutely excellent. Um, some really good individual performances. Again, for me, Rolfo was probably player of the match in that one for Sweden. And she looked the most likely to get the winner. But yeah, Sweden will be, I think, the more disappointed of the two. I don't know what you felt you were there. Oh, definitely. Sweden will be more disappointed by everything. Like, as you said, in the first half, the Netherlands just weren't there. They weren't at the races at all. And every time Sweden got up, it was it like, it was weird because we felt like Sweden were on top, but I also didn't necessarily feel like they were going to bash in a few goals. They just didn't have that, like, I suppose maybe they just needed a Blackstinius or someone like that. On yeah, you think they would have absolutely been peppering the goal, given that the sub goalkeeper came on and got over like she did goalkeepers don't expect to have to come on that early no She's not up against and only for her second ever cap as well I know like I just think her play to her like yeah she came out she she did her job um really well and you could tell every time she made a save that her defenders were really backing her up so big confidence boost for her because it looks like Lisa, she might have to play going forward. I don't know. Do we have an update on? Yeah, no, sorry. She won't be playing for the rest of the tournament. She's out. Like with that's her. a big loss. She's a big experienced player, you know, former yeah. Arsenal player. So, um, yeah, fair play to her. Golden Glove winner at the World Cup and the last Euros, I think. Or at least she was in the best 11 for both of them. So a massive loss for them. But, I'm, I mean, if you can come in for your second ever cap against Sweden and give that good a performance, it certainly sets you up well. Yeah, I mean, huge confidence boost. And yeah, I think that Netherlands will be happy. They'll think that they'll beat Portugal and Switzerland going forward. They still will qualify from the group, but now they'll maybe think that perhaps on goal difference that they'll be the top seeds coming out of the group, which would be um, excellent for them. And then we had a pretty big scalp from France over Italy, which I don't think, well, we said that France had it in them, but we kind of hoped that Italy were going to show up a bit more than they did, but it was 5-1 in the end. Yeah, and again, France just with a big statement there. Their first half was so good. Italy were just defensively not set up well enough to cope with what France were doing, their third man runs. The way they moved the ball in midfield, it was just, it was too quick for Italy and very powerful performance out of them in the first half. But again, Italy kind of stepped up a little bit in the second half. They can take some, I guess, some consolation from their second half performance, but they would have liked to have put it up to France. I mean, recent results would have suggested that it would have been a closer affair. Mm. Um, and we were looking forward to seeing how much Italy had progressed. So is it that Italy haven't progressed or is it that France are actually very, very good. We all had our question marks over France because of the controversy surrounding <laughs> their manager and the players that she's left at home. Um, it didn't look like there was too much unrest when you're putting five goals um, past a, what are potentially a tricky opposition. So um, a very, very good performance from France, a very good start to the group. And then we had the biggest result of the entire round well uh, probably the biggest mostly just because the scoreline alone which was England beating Norway 8-0 I cannot tell you the like audible gasps that there were in the press box yesterday every time goals went in from like both the English media and the Norwegian media like the Norwegian media were just they looked as stunned as the team on the pitch did I have no words I either they were so naive in their tactics or they just 
everything went out the window once they crossed the line. I mean, looking at England, the players that we've hyped up for England, Lauren Hemp, Beth Mead, their fullbacks were so narrow and so far away from the play. And then you add Lucy Bronze into the mix down that right-hand side and there was absolutely no protection out on the rings, wings. Sorry, The centre-back had one of... She just had an absolute nightmare for, for Norway. I'm trying not to take away from England, but I, like you say, I was just shocked by the Norway performance. I thought that they were stronger than that. I thought that they were tactically more aware than that. And every time England went up, they looked like they were going to score. And that's not what you expect from a Norwegian team. Credit to England. They did score a lot of the time. They took their chances. Yeah, Yeah, they really did take their chances. But look at the amount of them that came from those wide areas. It it was just insane. And But again, a big... Because there were some questions after the the 1-0 win over Austria. I wasn't particularly impressed with England on the day. But again, maybe that was first game nerves in Old Trafford. They certainly weren't suffering from them yesterday. Penalty wasn't a penalty, but look, it set them up for the the rest of the game. I think that they would have won either way, just based on how Norway set up. When they went five at the back, they were somewhat better. But well, I don't know what else to say. Just well. it was just mental, though, because you were like, as I was sitting watching the game, I was just watching ball after ball come down that right side, and then either Mead, White, or Hemp would cross it into the other, and they would score either a header or they tap it in, and it was just like watching the same thing on replay again and again, and I'm like. That's what's so bad. I am a journalist sitting watching this. If you're a coach sitting watching this, surely you're saying to yourself, we need to change this like now. But it was so obvious after 15 minutes and to wait 45 and the six goals gone in. I mean, I had to turn it off at one point. I was just like, this is this is hard to watch. Um, particularly we were kind of like, oh, Norway might be dark horses. No, for me, their chances are, are out the window there now and I thought Hergeberg's interview after was very honest um, in her assessment. She just said, look, it was just not good enough and they need to represent Norway in a better light. And I'm sure they will go out and beat Austria in the last game, but they've just given England more and more of a boost. And I don't know, do they need that? Because they are so dangerous. And again, Russo came off the bench and she scored. The Greenwood came in, like they were able to rest a couple of players and, they didn't diminish the quality really. The second half was always not going to be as high scoring as the first, but I thought that England were still very good. Yeah, no, they definitely were. Like they were. Are they favourites for you now? Not yet. I because I still have that thing of England when they get to the knockout stages is a very different beast to England yeah. stages, and I'd love to see them play someone like France at some stage. I just think that would be a great matchup. But I think this means that they're going to avoid Germany anyway, doesn't it? Possibly. Yeah, if they top the group, yeah. They'll get, get Spain. Which, yeah. is, which is the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. Speaking of which, if we look ahead to the games that are coming up, Germany and Spain is going to be a tasty little affair. If I am still awake by the time it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for that one because just because Germany impressed me so much and... Um, and I wanted to see how good Spain would be if they bounce back from that. I think Spain have a couple of defensive frailties, possibly, that Germany might not have, but they have so much flair that it's hard to imagine them not scoring. So I think it, I, I don't see it being a nil off, put it that way. No, definitely not. And I'm really curious as to how the two styles are going to match up, just mm-hmm. in the sense that 
you know, you talk about Spain having that flair. Germany, their football is quite straight in a way that yeah. Spanish isn't. So like, and even just the physicality of the German team compared to the physicality of the Spanish team. I just can't wait to see how both coaches set up to make sure that those elements of their game are like prominent. I think Spain are going to have to be very wary of overplaying it at the back because the German press was so on point the, the last game um, that if they do play around with it, they are going to put themselves at risk. So Spain might have to take a little bit more of a direct rep- approach than what they're possibly used to. Um but it, again, it'll be interesting to see because Spain are so fluid and how they move and it'll be pulling apart a, a very structured side, like you say. So two very, very different styles of play, um, but two top, top quality teams. Um, so that's by far for me the the standout game that's coming up. I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be good. And also I think because Spain won't have the, I know they had the Patella stuff and they very much reacted well to it on the yeah. day, but you know, she's had her surgery, she's gone back to Barcelona. Now there's not as much of that emotion around it. So I don't know, will they be able to tap into that in the same way that they did or if it'll even make any difference? Uh, do you know, like we kind of saw it from England, the first game might've just settled them. Um, and she, Pritellis was around and she was obviously a good influence around them for that first game. But by now you'd be hoping that they're full focus, full Euros mode. And this is another game for them to potentially help them avoid England because that's what they'll be thinking now, looking at last night saying... I'd much rather play Norway than than England. Definitely. And then the other game in that group is Denmark-Finland. Kind of hard to know how to feel about that one, just considering both teams didn't really put it up to Germany or Spain when they played them before. And it does seem like a bit of a shootout between Germany and Spain for the second It does. This would be the only other one that you'd probably possibly be tipping for a draw. Um, I think Denmark will have maybe a point to prove having been a little bit hyped for the Germany game that they could possibly nick something um, so for me Denmark might be the slight favourites in that one but again I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way um, the top two and the bottom two in this group are evenly balanced um, and this is the game both Denmark and Finland will have earmarked for that win to yeah. get that three points and to get that big confidence booster for themselves to say we went to the Euros and we gave our fans something to shout about so they'll both be very very up for this game so again it might mean that they're a little bit less nervous going into it they might play a little bit more expansively and um, it might actually be a very good game but I don't think too many eyes will be on that one compared to Germany Spain. No, I don't think I will be watching it. Definitely semi-finalist anyway, you'd be thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things can change, but mm-hmm. you would be hard-pressed to see how Germany and Spain will be able to get out considering yeah. what they managed to do in the first game. Although we all said that Norway weren't going to get beaten 8 I know. I know. So <laughs> after last night, I'm Leave these recordings straight. straight away. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make any sort of predictions after last night because it was just far too strange. Oh. There was like a Norwegian guy beside me who just started booking hotels about like 40 minutes in. He was like, I just can't watch this anymore. I'm just going yeah, to I don't blame him. I found it to watch like from home. No, right? his laptop by 60 minutes. I was like, yeah. I, no one's going to want to read about this. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then to look at some of the other games that are happening as well, we also have Netherlands coming up against Portugal, which will be an interesting one just for that. Like they've lost Sari. They put in a great performance in the second 45, but they still need to kind of show that they 
do have the mental strength and I suppose the team to go far in this competition yeah. and a, win, a big win against a team like Portugal you think would go away to sell a lot it would uh, they need to for themselves they're, they're probably a team that aren't used to not having as much possession and to having to cough up like a lot of possession in that first half and just defend their lines and everyone was kind of getting back deep so I think that they'll be looking forward to this one in terms of that they can get maybe their attacking game going a little bit better. They For me, they were just um, counter-attacking against Sweden, but I don't know if that's fully their game. I think that they're a good possession-based team. Um, they like to carve open chances. It's not just all about pace. Um, they're very good technically. So this is a game that they'll definitely be looking to win, but Portugal will have taken a lot of confidence from that second half. They'll think if they can tighten up defensively that they have the firepower as well to put in goals. For me, Netherlands should still be too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think it could be a really nice game of football to watch given that you have two technical sides who, again, just like to keep the ball on the deck, like to go on a bit of flair down the wings and stuff. So um, I think Netherlands have a point to prove because we're all kind of talking that Sweden were the better team. They still came out with a point. They're still eyeing top spot in this group. So um, I think that Netherlands will pip that one. Yeah, I think so too. Even like Miedema was saying after the match in the press conference that, you know, she spent a lot of time running in the Sweden game in a way that she doesn't normally do and she didn't really have a chance to... She was like, while I was on the ball a lot and I was doing a lot, I wasn't really playing the game I wanted to play because yeah, I just... she was doing a lot of work. She was having to track back and cover the the left or the her own right wing a lot in the first half. And that's where she was picking up the balls almost in her own third um, and then playing for throws to get them higher up the pitch. So that's not where, where she wants to be. Like she's a natural burn goal scorer. The final third of the op, of the opposition half is where she wants to be. So um, as someone who wants to, as well, she's a striker, she'll want to be on that golden boot train um, yeah. soon enough. So she'll be looking to put a few past Portugal. And she is that type of player who will be a bit peed off by the fact that she didn't get many chances against Sweden. So she'll be, be demanding of of her teammates <laughs> in that game, I would imagine, to start supplying her with some better ball and to, to gain better possession. She'll be looking to catch up with her Arsenal teammate, Beth Mead, who currently is leading. She has a way to go, Beth Mead. I mean, what a start by her and what a player she's been under, like Serena Wiegman. I mean, she's her go-to girl. She's scored in every single game. Is that correct now? Under so, yeah. Wiegman. That's, that's an incredible stat. Um, coming in off the wing as well. I know that they're, it's almost like a top three the way they play, but she's just in the form of her life and you know I'm happy for her because she's shown people that resilience from bouncing back from disappointment at the Olympics and things like that like it's it's a great story and it's um, you would be very very happy for a player like that definitely and then we also have Italy Iceland I think could be good just because Italy are going to have something to prove. We've said this before, people underestimate Iceland and how good they actually are. Very good. And the result against Belgium for me was a shock because Iceland were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just silly mistakes, tired legs, I guess, give those opportunities to Belgium to, to get on the score sheet. But for me, Iceland are a, a very, very good team, very strong team. But it's just, again, whether they can tidy up at the back a little bit not be given those chances because Italy do have a lot of flair in the way that Belgium didn't and they still 
struggled a little bit against Belgium. Um, but they did play some really, really nice football themselves, Iceland. So, uh, yeah, it's an intriguing affair. I'm not sure which way you see that one going. I don't know. Like, I probably would have said... Iceland before. Iceland before, like, but then the result against Belgium, I did expect them to do a lot more than they did. And Italy just were so stubborn in their tactics against France. Like, they were so stubborn and making sure they were playing, like, really high-paced, attacking, like, going at France, which they just couldn't do because every time they did that, they just, like, left massive amounts of space and they didn't have the players to play around it the way this that France is, did. This is something as well, like, we haven't touched on, but Northern Ireland, like, you do need to change your tactics. I know that there's talk about development football and things like that. You do do your development football in non-competition, you know, mm. You do it in your Algarve Cups. You do it in your friendlies. Um, this is a place that you come to get a point. You give Ruth Fran something to to shout about. So I do think your tactics need to change. So Italy, again, were naive in their setup against France. France are a powerhouse. But they possibly could stick with that style of football against Iceland and get a result. Yeah, that is true. I found Kenny Shields talking about the main development football in a major tournament so strange because he was just like, we just need to get a win. We just need to get a win. And I was like, surely if you get a point, that's, you know, it's on it's yeah. on the road to a win. And with the team that you have where most of your players are semi-pro or amateur, that should, you know, there should be realistic aims to a certain extent there as well. And as you say, you use the cups and you use those out-of-tournament games to try things. Yeah, I mean, if they don't bank up against England, it, it'll be a, a slaughtering. Um, they need to frustrate England, get the ball high and wide, just get it out, get it out of your box, get it away from those wide areas, slow the game down, don't be trying to overplay it from the back. We saw how good Ellen White's press was. Mm. Um, that's For me, that's why she's in the team. She, The energy that she brings to the press Um she creates those chances for herself just by being dogged and, and ruthless. And yeah, I'd just be worried for, for Northern Ireland in that one next week. I think anyone, everyone probably felt a bit like that watching the game last night. Um, and then the other two games that were happening are Sweden, Switzerland, France and Belgium. But that is all we have time for this morning. Um, we will be back again on Friday. The Koigig pod on OTB Sports is an association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Women's National Irish, Irish women's national team, I should say. The only one that exists in my mind. Exactly. Um, <laughs> enjoy the games and chat to you soon, Karen. Thank you. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.